All right, here we go. It is the PowerWorks podcast time with Glenn Power from PowerWorks Automotive, which means we're going to talk cars and stuff. Like every podcast, we, we start thinking about automotive repair. We start thinking about what we ride and drive, and then we just end up somewhere else. <laughs> it's as simple as that. But we're going to enter, entertain you. We're going to give you some information. And ultimately, we're, you're going to get some education out of this too, and a whole bunch of fun. So let's get started. It is PowerWorks time. Glenn, it's great to see you again. Yeah, we didn't have one last week. And, no, we didn't. That was that was my fault. Sorry about that. Crazy guy. <laughs> it was a weird one because... We do the podcast. It, those of you who are tuning in, you've, you've downloaded, you're listening online. Thank you, by the way. I really appreciate that you do take the time to make us part of your family. We, we record these on a Tuesday morning in Dubai at the Rove Hotel downtown. And we're pretty consistent on Tuesdays doing the recording. Like it is, it's like clockwork. And then my day job got in the way in that, like every other student, I procrastinated on finishing a paper. And so I needed a couple of days before it was due to give it that final polish. And I had to use the Tuesday. Yeah. Something's got to give. And it was, it was weird because the, the whole day was then off. Cause I'm going, oh, you know, it's, I, you know, about three o'clock I was done the paper that I needed to finish. So I'd have done the re-edits and I'd, you know, loaded in all of the other pieces that I'd, I'd left off and I'm going, oh, I don't know. What am I doing now? Like what's going on? Something, what? something's missed today because this you record and then go and do the processing of our podcast is the typical regimen. And it was, it felt really weird not, not doing them. So, well, yeah, you've got to, uh, at that point, you just got to get the privily card out <laughs> and find a beach and a pool. Yeah, I think you're right. Preferably with barbecue included. Oh man. And you know, now uh, entertainer is getting into the privily game. So they're also, they've got a, yeah. a sun entertainer that gets you into hotel pools and gets you some discounts. Oh, the, so. the privily privately podcast when it gets to like december january yeah we'll record on the beach somewhere yeah no problem no i and and that's actually a podcast that i i keep threatening to do but i haven't started yet and it's it's the same old issue so if you're listening to these podcasts you know that we do we will fix it you know we do power works when you know we do tech talk and you know we do doc talk and and occasionally i throw in a catching up but we do these four consistent podcasts and that's the issue is consistency and can you maintain it and do them regularly. And so I'm always a little bit hesitant to throw another podcast in because am I going to be able to continue to do it? And, and is there the time? But, but I think you're right. I think a, a pool review podcast would be pretty <laughs> full <fun>. review. <laughs> so what's happening by the pool today? I, and, and, you know, I spend a lot of time at the Versace hotel, so we could just sit in the lobby and, you know, what is the musical interlude today going to be? You know, are they going to be, is it going to be dueling violins? Is it going to be a violin and a piano? And there's two grand pianos there that never been in there. Oh, you've got to so, go. It, 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 I mean, the very fancy going the, past it. The hotel's very nice inside, but if you're remotely interested in watching characters of people, and I don't mean they're in character, they're just characters. That is the place to go. Do you get mainly flamboyant Italians? Flamboyant everybody. Yes. It's, it's not even, it's not even Italians. You get flamboyant Americans there. You get flamboyant Brits. You You get flamboyant Emiratis. The the other day I drove up and there was a G wagon, brand new pink wrapped. Nice. Sitting in the front. (laughs) Have you seen the, um, You've not been down that far, have you? On Shakes I Road, the Infinity Showroom, uh-huh. the uh, AW Rustamani Showroom, uh-huh. for pink October. Oh yeah, so full pink on the front, and I saw that fight like a girl. It's quite cool. Yeah, I, I I drove by that and saw that fight like a girl. Yeah, and I went, they nailed it. Yeah, it's really cool. They that really we drove past it. I I I didn't remember seeing it yesterday, but I saw it this morning taking okay. um, Alma to nursery, and we drove mm-hmm. past. And then as I came out of I think it was there on the weekend because I drove by on the weekend. Yeah, I just probably didn't notice it. Yeah. As I came out of work to go on a road test, came around Almanara Street and literally there's like the corridor of the palm trees and then the flyover for Almanara over Sheikh Zayed and it's like perfectly framed. Yeah. It looks really, really good. It's a real good job, that is. Have we started talking cars yet? <laughs> yeah, Infinity, sell cars. <laughs> there we go, <laughs> Yeah. I, I, and you know, I, I do think when you look at the, the agencies or the manufacturers 
and they do stuff like that. Like they get on board with yeah. breast cancer awareness month and they totally brand up their place. I mean, that's, that's a statement. Yeah. It's good effort. I mean, we've talked about it with, you know, brands like Skoda that just have a total lack of <laughs> seemingly competence from their marketing. I, I, I saw Skoda the other day and I just, it was a Kodiak and I went, I love the look of that yeah, thing. It was a car that was, yeah. And I'm going, why don't, why am I not seeing any of this stuff? Cause I was going up Shakeside road. So I'm going, Oh, Skoda's here. Skoda's on this stretch. And I, 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 I couldn't find it, but I yeah. knew it was there. It's, it's tucked in with something else. I'm going, why are these guys not putting a big banner up and just using the front of their, if they do no other advertising, they're on Shakeside road, just put something up in front of your shop yeah. to draw some attention like infinity did when they're doing it for breast cancer awareness. Mike. Things like the Kodiak. I'd do something like take them down to, you know, do a deal with Dubai municipality yeah. and take them down to kite beach and just have the police use them. Cause you see the police on the beach all yeah, the time. Yeah. Kodiak's four wheel drive. Yeah. Just get them to drag the plow behind to smooth the sand out, get people to see them, chuck a couple of surfboards in the back. So yeah. the guys down there realize yeah. that they can get their equipment in. Yeah. It's easy. Free and easy. Right. And then you don't really need anything after that. Well, you, you, you let the guys use it for a month or two. Yeah. Then you sell them off as, as well used vehicles and you know, you, people are going to drive those easily. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. It was nice. The Kodiak's cute. And, yeah, and, you know, Skoda does something with the names too. You know, they got the Octavia. Yeah, they've got the Yeti. They've got the Skoda. The Skoda. They've got the the Kodiak. Superb. The Superb, which is probably the the greatest name for a car ever. <laughs> what are you driving? A Superb. Because it's a rubbish. <laughs> it's a rubbish compliment. If someone says how is it, and you say Superb, you're either being ironic, or taking the mick. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. But it's fits that car quite well because it, it is really good like the true meaning of superb it is a superb mm. car and when when you're all things considered yeah. when you think of trim level spec yeah. and build quality and then price it's probably yeah. like 60k for a brand new well, this is the thing and, and this is what i love about skoda is great price under the hood it's a volkswagen yeah so you're getting volkswagen quality at a little bit more economical price and it, it it doesn't look like a Volkswagen. It doesn't, Skodas don't look like any other cars. They you know what? They, they've insulated themselves from the whole diesel gate, which has now opened mm, up again, hasn't it? Oh yeah. That's, oh yeah. It started true. again in Europe. Yeah. So they, um, they've insulated themselves quite well from it. If you go on YouTube, there are videos of people with Seats and Skodas that are opening their engine. They open bonnet, sorry, to get to the engine cover. And then they, peel their Seat or Skoda badge off of the engine cover to find the VW one underneath. Mm. And it's as though they didn't know. <laughs> really? So what did they think? <laughs> you know, oh, hang on, my Ibiza looks a lot like that Polo. And it seems to have the same engine and the same power. And like, if you're in the market for an Ibiza, you yeah. would think, well, I'll check what the Polo is. I'll check, yeah. check what the Fiesta is. They're all similar size cars. I didn't realize there's yeah. loads of videos of it. I, sh I, I was talking to DJ about it and I showed him and we were just on about things that we know and take for granted that other people know because mm. we've had it with a, with a customer uh, who had a uh, oil in his coolant. Oh, is this, is this the vehicle that you sent me the picture of? Oh, no, like that was another shirt. one. That was absolute disaster. That, absolute looked, like, that disaster. looked like chocolate milk coming out. Horrific. More yeah. milk than chocolate. It was, that was a real disaster. The problem with that is when it's in the transmission, the torque converter gets full of it. So unless you take the transmission out, there is no amount of flushing that will ever solve that. Okay, well, let's, let's come back to that. Yeah, but yeah. Let's get back to the DJ story. Yeah. So we were, we were just talking, we, we'd fixed an old cooler leak on a customer's vehicle and flushed the vehicle and said, come back after a thousand kilometers. Like we always do. We'll flush it again. Unless we strip the engine completely and change every component, including the heater matrix in the dashboard, oh. you know, you're never going to get it all out with a mm. flush. You'll get 90% of it out eventually, but there'll always be some residual oil in there. It emulsifies, it's very sticky and it's hard to get it out. So what we tend to do is we just flush it and then after a thousand kilometers, flush it again. Then hopefully by the time we get to the next service, which will be anything up to say 10,000 kilometers, we're checking the coolant on the service draining it and flushing it again. 
And we take for granted in between that that the customers yeah. will check their coolant level every few weeks like they check. Are you kidding? I check much. my coolant level every day. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah like... okay. Yeah, but you, you understand that you're, you've got a 12-year-old Wrangler and you've had too many problems to not. But most people don't. And, yeah. it's, and it's not the first time that I've heard it and it's not the first time yeah. that we've come across it. But you forget because it's so ingrained. Mm. Check your coolant level. Yeah. You know, top your washers up. Check your tire pressures. Make sure you've got engine oil in there. Yep. Check your brake fluid, power steering fluid. So then customers call up and say, "Oh, I've, I've overheated again. You just fixed my car three months ago. Same thing." We'll say to them, "Well, okay, you've got oil in the coolant. Um, it's residual from the previous flush. Oh, but I thought you flushed it. No, but we can't get it to a hundred percent. You know, if you'd have been checking your coolant in between, yeah." You could have called me and said, oh, there's a film on the top of the coolant when I was topping it up. Can I bring it in to check? Most of the time, we'd just tell people to get a piece of rag and just dip it in the water, obviously, before you started the car. Yeah, yeah. Um, when it's cold in the morning and then pull the rag out. And most of the oil that's emulsified will stick to that rag. You can throw the rag away properly mm. and just check it again in a couple of weeks like you would or yeah. should normally. And that's probably enough. But left unattended mm. you know you might have a small leak somewhere that oil's at the top because it's obviously lighter than water it, as the water level drops down that oil coats the level sensor so the level ah. sensor doesn't always work okay so then the customer's that checking. sensitive that it, the oil is going to throw yeah because it it's just using a current to go okay. through the water so then the level sensor doesn't work the customer checks their coolant Oh, I remember Glenn saying the oil might have damaged the sensor. I can, the sensor's nothing. There's like, there's water in there. Yeah. Then there's a leak and you're overheating. Yeah. And you what would he know? know? What would he know? I know better than so him. It's, it's my well, car. It's just very difficult. You know, what are you supposed to say to a customer? Well, that's your fault. You didn't check your coolant level. You can't say that. I'd like to sometimes, but you can't. You know, you, you use the word... Uh, you know, dumb donkey and replace the donkey with the other word. Well, you know, yeah, dumb donkey. We used to, <laughs> it was a bit of a joke in the workshop. It was RTFM and that's what the, the trainers used to tell us at VW. You know, we try and explain to the sales executives about, can you please show your customers when they buy your cars, how their radio works so they're not bringing it back to me for a warranty repair for the Bluetooth not working when you've not given them the pin code or you've not told them there's a pin code. So read the F manual, you know, yeah. like it's in the manual. It's that thick and no one yeah. wants to read it. Oh, side note. Remember I have the issue with setting the time on my clock in the, the Jeep? Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, how do you, so I did pull out that manual. You went out at midnight and disconnected the battery, didn't No, no, you? no. I pulled out the manual and wouldn't you know it? I'd even put a little earmark on the page, <laughs> dog-eared the page so I could find how to do it. I'm going, what was I thinking when I did this? How smart am I? It, it took me two months to go and get the manual out. To, you know, I, every time I got in, I was trying to get this. The in. buttons on my... It turns out you have to hold the button for four seconds. Four. That's all. Four, maybe five. And then it'll start blinking. But once I, it's flashing. That's yeah, enough, once yeah. it's flashing. But I wasn't holding it long enough. So, like, oh, no, it's a combination. No, it's like, it's like oh, this yeah. is really simple. The buttons on my um, uh, display on my Mark II Golf didn't work for setting the time. The buttons didn't press properly. So I just disconnected the battery at midnight. <laughs> reset it. Reset. Went outside of my mom's drive. Yeah. That idea. was the only option I had. It's a good idea. Okay, so, so back to this, this client with the small oil leak that was ending up in the coolant and uh, right. fouling the, the sensors. And then they call you up three months later because they haven't gone and did they come back after a month for another flush? We did the second one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and then... And what? did you notice anything then? No, not really. Yeah, it was yeah, the same. Okay. It was bad. It was, you know, oh. there's oil in the coolant and it's terrible. Now, what happens with engine oil in the... When the engine oil cooler fails, you get engine oil in the coolant. Oh, this was an engine oil coolant failure? So you get engine oil through the oil cooler into the coolant because the coolant's at 1.2 bar. The engine oil is at 3 to 5, even 6 bar. All right. Depending on how fresh the oil is, how new the engine is, etc. So oil will always go into the coolant because of the higher pressure. Mm. Now, it goes in really quick. Really, really, really quick. And then you've obviously got the effect of the emulsification of that oil increases the volume of it as well. So you then end up with a coolant system that's full and full and more and more full, thick, gloopy, 
can't flow through the radiator and it doesn't take long unless you notice it for something to burst. Mm. And if you're lucky, it's a hose. If you're unlucky, it's a main seal on an engine or it's a, you know, head gasket or something like that. So you have got serious risk. Does this happen a lot? Yeah, a lot. Real, real big common issue here. Hmm. I don't think it's the first time I've sent you a... Yeah, no, you've sent me... I've seen these before and every time I see it, I have the same reaction. This was a bad one because we got... So the one that I sent you the video of was a Jaguar. Mm. And it's not it's not something that's a, exclusively a Jaguar problem. Every vehicle is it because we have? Do, does every car? You know, this is just the 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 layman talking. Does every car around the world have oil coolers like this, or is this pretty it, much okay? They're pretty standard now mm-hmm. um, on all vehicles with all engines because it's a heat transfer. Because the oil is always hotter than, of course, than the coolant there's a very thin wall of aluminium to allow the heat to transmit from the oil to the okay. coolant and then go through the radiator, cool the coolant. So out. this is the place where this could happen with any vehicle. Yeah. So then if you use, if you use hard water, which <laughs> there you go, I see the people putting water in their cars and I, I see them driving by and I see them topping up in the morning with just water out of the, yeah, yeah. like you're not. This is one of the reasons here. It's very important for coolant additive levels mm. to be maintained. Now, I always tell somebody if you've got to top your coolant up as an emergency or you notice just before you're leaving for work, it's low, just use tap water. The reason yeah. for that is if you put the wrong additive in, it could congeal with the one that's actually in there. Oh, nice. You don't want that. That's yeah. worse than having nothing in. Yeah, it's like curdled milk. Yeah, so if you're topping it up, anything up to a couple of litres, just put water in. If it's, be- if it's beyond that, don't drive the car because there's no way that's a small leak. Obviously, if... But hey, that is what it is. Yeah, um, I, I think sometimes people don't notice leaks because if it's at the top, say it's where the water pump is, and if it's at the top, yeah, the water leaking out before it's dripped it, off, it's, yeah, it's, it's evaporated. evaporated. Yeah, you don't notice it. Yeah, that that is a genuinely a big problem. Unless and then with all the housing, all the housings over engines, you don't typically, you know, mine doesn't have yeah. a housing, so you look in, it's like, oh yeah, look at that. Yeah, you you see this, where it's evaporated off, and you realize I got a problem. Yeah, but yeah, okay. There be there's there's a genuine. I don't know if it's a lack of knowledge or a lack of confidence or a mixture of both or just total apathy <laughs> of I'm not interested in checking I, under my bonnet. I wonder, I wonder if it's just apathy. I, maybe it's fear. Maybe it's, I don't know what's under there. I'll well, when you open a bonnet now and there's, there's plastic covers everywhere, Yeah, you can't see anything. It's not like, you know... I, I remember my granddad saying to me, you know, we used to look at something you could figure out how it worked. You know, you yeah. could take a Betamax apart and figure out how it works. Yeah. If it stopped working, you could probably fix it. Yeah. You could put a, a gear wheel in or you could change one of the pins or you could re-solder one of the joints. You can't really do that now on anything. No. On, on absolutely anything. Everything's well, held in with security screws. I think that's where you, you've gotten, you've, you've nailed it. Why people aren't doing it is because honestly, they're intimidated by it. Yeah, I think that's probably what it is. And that that's, and I don't think this is a new phenomenon. And when I think back to Joey Woo Woo and I, jo- Joey Woo Woo was at Bruce Bissell Pontiac Buicks where he cut his teeth as a mechanic. Yep. And I would always laugh because I'm the least mechanical guy. Like you, you don't want me working on your car. Like <laughs> honestly, it's like, yes. No. And, and I would, I remember driving by the, the dealership and all, and it's gotta be like this in the UK, all the, the bonnets, all the hoods are up on the cars and they've got, you know, then, and you can look in and see the engine. Yeah. And I, and you'd see people looking in there. Oh, and, and I, my thing was, what are they looking at? And like, people don't have a clue. Yeah. And so I always used to just drive by mighty fine looking manifold there. <laughs> you know, that's it. I'll come and look at this manifold. You're going to love the look of this thing. It's like, what? and I just think people typically, and, and this is going back when, at least at our high school, we had an auto shop. So I at least took, yeah. and there was a group of people and maybe they still do. I've, you know, I haven't been back to my high school in 30 years. I'm, I'm sure there's still an auto shop there, Yeah, but at least you knew you potentially knew something about a car, like a group of people. But I think a lot of people now have gone through schools where they don't have woodworking shops, auto shops, electrical shops, yeah. metal shops. We had all that metal lathes. Can you imagine? People would get kicked out of shop because they'd leave the chuck key in the, the, <laughs> the metal lathe. And, you know, and that's, we're talking, people could die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think people just, they just, they, they are so, because the vehicles now, especially today are just full of that plastic coverings. You can't really do anything. And 
they, they're just intimidated by it. And they're just like, I don't, I just don't know what to do. And I don't, and I don't want to do anything in case I do it wrong. Yeah. And don't forget here because of the heat, a lot of the bonnet stays yeah. fail. Oh. The ones that aren't mechanical or manual, oh, really? they have the hydraulic rams, they leak out and then you can't hold your bonnet. <laughs> you, know, like, you, lift a, you lift a bonnet on, a, on an Audi, on an A5, they have a really heavy steel bonnet. I mean, really heavy. And then the pistons all fail. So you- if, the, if the supports have failed, yeah. you have no chance. Really? So there's no one wants to do that. So it's, you know, and, and this is one of the reasons for that, that mm. The manufacturers don't want people just in there playing. And if you've got high dis- high voltage discharge uh, lights, like xenon lights, Ugh. thousands of volts through those. You know, you put your ignition on or start the engine, check your lights aren't working, which is how my granddad used to change his bulbs. <laughs> really? Obviously, it's an old school <laughs> engine, right? Engine's running or, you know, right, that one's not working. Get in there, take the bulb out, put a new bulb in and away you go. Yeah. You can't do that on a discharge light because you'll just get an electric shock, yeah. which will really, really hurt yeah. and potentially kill you. Oh, nice. Obviously, manufacturers have to protect against that. And yeah. big yellow triangles with someone being electrocuted on them, yeah. they can't guarantee enough. So they'll make you take the bumper off to change a headlight or they'll cover it with panels that you yeah. cannot see any way to get them off. <laughs> So the, the, back to the guy who you, you changed, you changed the fluids. Then he came back a month later. You did the change again. Three months later, you get the call. Hey, what's going on? I thought you fixed this. Yeah. So where, where did that leave you? So we've got the, it's all sorted now to a certain degree. Some of the hoses are soft from the, from the oil contamination. Oh, okay. So they'll need to be replaced. Um, and once they get soft, that's when these, these can be pressure hoses too, right? Exactly. They hold the pressure. So, they have to hold the pressure. So they, 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 uh, you don't want any bulges. We've all probably right. seen a radiator hose that's bulging. Yep. You know, we've been pointed oh. out to us by a mechanic or what have you. Oh, it'll be okay. How long will it last? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the worst question ever. Because <laughs> what are you supposed to say? Yeah. You know, someone's, I mean, I said to the guy, I said to the guy, honestly speaking, if it was my car, I'd be cool about it and drive it. But I'm not you. And clearly well, yeah, you're but, not checking your levels every week. Yeah. Your car breaks down. You're going to know exactly. what to do. This is the point. My car breaks down, but you drive it, but my car breaks down. I'm, it's going to break down yeah. somewhere between here and Hada. Yeah. It's going to break down when there's no one on the road. It's going to break down on a Friday yeah. at, and, and, and there's going to be no hope of getting it repaired. No, that's right. I mean, it's, it's the worst question. Yeah. How long will that last? I honestly have no idea. And the problem with, the problem with trying to quantify a risk is, you know, well, where do you draw the line there? Yeah, because yeah. you could get sideswiped by a truck. Yeah. So maybe don't use your car at all then. <laughs> you know, your foot could slip off. So the, what, did, what, did, what did the client say? Well, we've, we've got great news on it being, it's a mini. We, okay. One of the hoses we need isn't available. Oh no. Now we can do something there, but can you, can you head to the wreckers and charge? Yeah, that's what we'll have to do. Yeah, I need, I need you to, to look for something, the wreckers and charger for me, by the way, next time you're out there. There you go. <laughs> James is buying a new car, everybody. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we can do that. Um, we don't like doing it, but yeah. at the end of the day, what are you going to do? Leave a car after over 20 yeah. days. 20 days. Can you get a custom hose from Borg and Beck or somebody like no, that? No, they haven't got anything like that. And it's, shape to go around like it's about three feet long aren't, aren't there people though who make around. hoses here like i see the trucks the compression hose guys some of those hoses you can make this is quite a small return uh, hose on the top of the okay. expansion tank so you know and then obviously you've got the fact that so the hoses have failed because of the oil in there right so there's also rubber seals on the thermostat valve oh dear so it's best to place replace the thermostat valve so totally understand the customer's perspective of well yeah. I thought you'd fix this I spent a lot of money on it but we can't foot the bill for you got to do your not own not being we're not in the business of educating customers as a college to right. teach them about owning a car yeah. you know we give advice and it's it's often in good faith given like this yeah, you've, you've, as, as an individual having a chat with me or DJ or whoever may be there. Yeah. Uh, we can't get, we can't make contracts up and ask people to sign them. And you've been told this, et cetera. We often leave notes on invoices, yeah. but who reads those? <laughs> I do. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm the only one. Um, but you know, we, we, yeah. we have it. 
Yeah, it, it we, happens. The, and the, there's the other side of it. When I drive my car uh, out of the garage and the mechanic said, look, you're going to have to check that, that those fluid levels, you better, you know, and then if they say, you know, every 500 kilometers or whatever, you know, yeah. I'm going every 250 then, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm going to be, I'll just forget it every 500 kilometers. I'll just check it every night or I'll check yeah. it every day just because I'm going to, I'm going to be paranoid. Yeah. But there's, there's a level of my own responsibility here. There is a responsibility to own in a car. For for a little short while in the UK, and I say that because I think I remember my brother, no, my sister taking her test, which would have been six or seven years after I took my driving test. There was a little short while where you had to do, you had to name some components on the under the engine, under the bonnet. In the Random or you, they, they specific Yeah, there was ones. a group of ones <laughs> okay. that you had to know yeah. of, but they'd ask you a few of them. Yeah. So there's things like alternator, battery, okay. got it, got it, spare wheel. Yeah, that's that's a Skoda. It's the old Skoda. That's the Lada. Where the old Lada yeah, had yeah, the spare yeah, wheel under well, the bonnet. Yeah. So you'd have you'd have to figure out which ones were which. So, so they'd say to you, okay, can you show me the positive terminal of the battery? Yeah. Can you show me where the spare wheel and the jack for changing it is, and all yeah. this sort of stuff. I think it can, I think it stopped. Yeah, I think you're right. But it's. People have it no shouldn't idea where, have. Yeah, you know, people have no idea where these things are. Oh, it shouldn't have. Where would you put coolant? That sort yeah. of stuff they'd ask you. It shouldn't have stopped. Yeah. Really shouldn't have stopped. And 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 the guy that taught me to drive, uh, he was extended family. And he used to come into so he had a polo and he used to come into the dealership and buy his own oil filter and he'd do his own oil changes. I mean the car had done 500,000 miles yeah. of, of driving school miles. So some real hard miles, right? Yeah, yeah. And he used to just change his own oil. And he'd, but he'd buy the filter from VW and he'd come in and we'd see him sometimes and buy the filter. So he was quite mechanically minded and he was yeah. cool with doing that sort of stuff. And he was okay, showing me around the car. And, you know, I passed my test before I worked at, at VW, but I was already okay, my granddad had shown me the basics yeah, and yeah. I was doing certain things. So I was okay with it all, but it stopped and I don't get it. Yeah. Why, why not have that as a requirement? Yeah. You, know, you you tell people to check their mirrors before they pull away, then why haven't you checked your oil before you start the yeah. engine? We used to always change the oil in our driveway and, you know, we put it in the jugs and take it where you yeah, dispose of it and... And, and, and I, I still remember with great memories of, uh, you know, we owned, I remember I, we owned uh, Mazdas for a bit, you know, I had a Mazda 808. My dad was really happy with that when we, when he got that thing, we owned Mazdas and then we owned vans, you know, Chevy yeah. vans and good carburetor days. And so I always remember, you know, that some of these things were, were beaters. They were, they were suffering. You yeah. need to do some work and you'd get the spray can that you'd fire into the carburetor yeah, to give it a no. yeah, easy start. It's an easy start. It's just like a problem with easy start. A little explosion under there, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> those were the days. Yeah. You know, and then pulling out that round filter that was up there. I mean, those were the days, but you know, we, my brother obviously went in to become a master mechanic, but you knew where the oil was. You knew where the, how to battery levels. You knew where to check your transmission yeah. stuff. You, you knew where things were. We've talked about it before haven't we about having you know how we'd like to get customers into the workshop and, and yeah. give them the opportunity to learn we still got to do some that. basic things and yeah. and you know and, and get their thoughts and, and opinions and yeah. it, there's just that level there wouldn't you know that everybody that needed to necessarily might need to new, do that sorry would not necessarily come and do it yeah that's for the, the same reason they don't do it and it'd just be the intimidation it, thing yeah Oh, got another side one for you. Yeah. Took the yellow Jeep in for the re-registration. I was out in the parking lot. So of course I'm there at like seven in the morning, right? Cause I'm beating the rush. Yeah, There's still two, the, still two people ahead of me. Oh. <laughs> How is that possible? Seven o'clock in the morning. There's two people ahead of me. And, uh, you know, it's like crazy, but I'm doing the happy dance in the parking lot. And the, the two guys look out from where they're, you know, doing another vehicle and they're just looking. Cause I'm, filming a happy dance and they're going and they're going sir everything okay and 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 this local guy walks by is everything okay and i'm going yeah passed another round he goes oh that's a reason to be happy because <laughs> <laughs> now they send you inside right he's like go inside and pay and you'll get a text from the rta yeah it's like the ping it's like if it takes a breath it's like oh it's okay yes we're past the person who was in front of me they i went out to get my car the person who was in front of me and their car was parked there suddenly there's no license plate on it i'm going 
well, that's not good. <laughs> it's like, who removes the license plate? Cause she was in, still inside and I go out and the license plates off the car. So someone might have had to have new plates for the test. Yeah, maybe. They're damaged or scratched. Maybe. Yeah. They probably just made them get the new yeah. plates. There's the new fancy ones with the Expo logo on. Yeah. We had to get some for the van when we re-registered it a couple of months ago. So I, I was, it was weird because they're, they're, when I re-registered just now, the option was, do you want to change the plates? Mm. Not you have to change the plate. Ours was damaged. Ah. So on the front, it was some of okay. the black edging was scratched. Okay. And you're not allowed to paint them. Ah. Okay. So we had to get new ones. There we go. But they look good. Yeah. Uh, you had another issue with cars. So you, the one, so you, you have got the one you just talked about with the mini and, and all that, but you had another issue with coolant as well. That was the Jaguar. Yeah. So that was, all, that was, the automatic transmission. So oh. this is different to an engine oil cooler. The automatic transmission has lower oil pressure at the cooler. And then okay, so there's a transmission cooler as well. So we've got motor oil. Yeah. We've got the just the coolant itself. Yeah. And we've got transmission cooler. Yeah. All cars have that? Not all. Some of the transmission coolers go through a separate part of the radiator or they have their own okay. cooler on the front of the car. It's just the another place heat for exchange to call an automatic transmission a nightmare. Just another place for more errors. I'm because we, what happens is the pressure of the coolant is higher than the transmission oil at the cooler. So then you get coolant in the oil. Yeah. Sometimes uh -huh. not the other way around. <laughs> so yeah. as I was saying, then that goes, the, uh, the fly, the torque converter, sorry, on these can hold about two and a half liters of fluid. It's a lot. So if you imagine that's two and a half litre of, of emulsified, you never, ever get that all out by flushing it. So the only way to then do that is to take the transmission out, take the torque converter <sighs> out, empty it. Okay, so hold on. What, what, what is a torque converter? So basically it kind of does what it says it does. So it, it converts, converts yeah, but, it, but it's, it's, it uses oil. There's oil pressure. Where, where is it located? In so if you imagine the transmission bolted to the engine yeah, and on the engine side, you have the flywheel. Yeah. Bolted to the flywheel is the torque converter ah, okay. and it's converting the torque of the engine and then there's oil in it. And then you've got behind that, you've got the oil pump, which provides pressure for the oil right. okay. to change gear or hold gear, whatever. A lot of parts. Do. Oil transmission is like a series of one hour podcasts for about six years. So does, does every automatic transmission have a torque converter? Mm, true automatics do. Yeah. True, automatic. True. So not a CVT. So CVT would still use one, but okay. I'm talking about things like uh, a DSG, PDK, S-Tronic, whatever you want to call it, the VW Group one, uh, the double clutch. That's technically a manual gearbox with uh, electronic shift. Okay. Um, and then when you talk about the Alfa Romeo and Fiat nonsense, <laughs> the Selly Speed stuff, they're... <laughs> They're ridiculous. And the SMG, again, another shocking gearbox on the BMW stuff. Yeah, so okay. they're manual gearboxes that just have a, a big hydraulic unit that's unnecessarily complicated changing the um, changing the gear for you, basically. Right, right. But the, the classic big torque converter that's like seven or eight inches thick, they're on all the true sort of automatic transmissions. Mm. But you can never get them empty unless you take them out and empty them. Okay. So then... You flush and flush and flush and you can put a million litres through this thing and it'll never no. truly empty it. That's a problem. Yeah, and it's one of the things that people don't realise. So if you if you have a capacity of oil for your transmission of 10 litres yeah. and you know that, say, yeah. and then you take your vehicle for service and they say you need to change the transmission oil. When we do a transmission oil change, we'll drain it from the sump, we'll replace the filter and we'll refill it, but mm. we'll only get about six litres out. So we'll only put six litres in. Right. So only 60% of that oil is new. I didn't know that. Because a lot of it's in the torque converter. You know, is that where when someone's changing that, they're going to offer to flush it? The problem is with the flush, it doesn't get it out of the torque converter. Oh, so, so it still stays in the... So slowly, it, it just keeps mixing. And then... Ah. So this is why... Yeah, so you've so got 40% talked, of the old oil is still there. Up to 40% of the old oil, oh. yeah. And then obviously what you have is a situation, which we've talked about before, where if you haven't changed the oil for yep. 20 years... <laughs> And yeah. you start to notice a problem and you think, I'll change the oil. You might make it worse yeah. because then the new oil goes in and breaks down some of the carbon, which if it's carbon-based clutches, it's usually carbon deposits that are causing the issue, breaks it down that's in the oil left in the torque converter, mobilizes it around the system again, and then mm. it makes the problem worse. Oh, man. 
we, we've got to do that transmission talk, but that, so what, what, I'll what need whiteboard, shortboard, <laughs> pens. we can do that. We can do that. Yeah. Uh, so, so what happened with this guy's whole scenario? Because we're still sort of halfway through it. So still halfway through so it. So the guy lives in Russell came. He was a neighbor of ours when we lived in Russell came okay. and he drives in to see us whenever he needs his car looking at. Now he said that the only reason he came in was because he had a coolant leak. He was right. losing coolant. Didn't know where the leak was from. And someone had told him that he had oil underneath his car when he had it washed. Mm. But it doesn't feel like oil. It just feels a little bit slimy. Right. So we got the car up on the on the ramp, uh, put the pressure tester on the coolant bottle. It wasn't really dropping pressure mm. at any rate. There was a bleed screw on the top, which had been broken at some point, but it was not leaking, really. Okay, yeah. So we got the new screw in there anyway, um, but it wasn't really losing pressure. It wasn't really, but the oil that was on the under tray of the vehicle was coming from the transmission. And it was coming out of the back oh, rear seal. No. And it was also coming from the sump. Oh no. But it wasn't, as he said, it didn't seem like oil. Obviously it wasn't. Right. So then yeah. when we said, okay, we'll change the gasket for the sump. So we drain the oil out and it just comes out. Strawberry milkshake. <sighs> for ages so obviously every time he's topped the coolant up it's because it's been going into the transmission and he said he said that he topped it up with a litre four times before he brought it in oh dear so there was four litres of fluid extra in that transmission that's where the pressure was coming from to yeah. then blow it out the side of the gasket now when it first came in he wanted to drive because he said it didn't feel right one of the tyres had bulged he'd hit something on the road and got a problem with his tyres so he'd gone out for a drive with DJ and when DJ brought it back in he said yeah there's a problem with the tyre we'll have to see which one because I can feel it shaking which is what he's complaining about he said but the gear shift is awful mm. so it bangs into first when you put it from park into drive and then when you're parking it back in the space and put it in reverse it hesitated and then banged into reverse yeah. so that was obviously why. Yikes. Yeah. So, so how, how long is this car going to be out of commission? So what we did with it was he sat there all day. Obviously he'd only come all in day. to have a look for a coolant leak. <laughs> no. What's he going to do? He can't is get there, back to Russell Kamer. Right. He's there all day. So we, we did the tire. We sorted the tire. We sorted the, the valve. We checked for the leak. We found then this issue. We got a new filter. We got new oil for the transmission, we flushed it out the best we could and then put the new oil in and, and away he went. And now he's coming back so we can get the gearbox out, so empty the torque converter mm. and and do the job once and for all. The only problem here is ideally we'd strip the gearbox down and check yeah. the clutches hadn't swollen up. Yeah, yeah. Replace them anyway, actually. You would just replace them. But you're talking 10, 11,000 dirhams to do that. Oh boy. So do you just take a hit, punt and put 1,500 dirhams of labour into gearbox out, empty the torque converter, refill it, put it back in and then flush it again and hope that it's okay? What's your gut tell you? Well, the car is worth 30k. Uh-huh. You're not going to spend a third of that rebuilding the gearbox, surely. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to try and for 2k you're going to hopefully get a result. But if you don't walk away, then there's the decision to make, isn't yeah. there? So, but he says the shifting feels better. Okay. Sometimes customers tell us that though to convince us it's better, <laughs> so that we then don't tell them there's a problem. We get that sometimes. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, to be continued. Yeah. Hopefully, it's all right. You know, yeah. it works out okay. I, I wonder. I, I don't know if you had a chance to look at this, but I I was driving down. Just, just doing the regular drive as you do, you know, Alkale Road or yep. wherever it was. And, and given the nature of the way I drive, I am not the fastest guy on the road at any given day. So I get a lot of time to look at lots of cars. <laughs> Are the windows back out yet? Uh, you know what? Today, this morning, I woke up and... And you would have seen the car in the parking lot with the driving doors out. The rest of the windows are still in, but today it was cool enough. They're coming out tonight. You'll be able to see out the windows soon then. Well, that would also be a good thing. Uh, I was in Umal Quain on the weekend. I was doing a course and I'll, I'll talk about that one off air because it's awesome. And uh, ended up driving home after, it was about six o'clock. So the sun's going down mm. and I'm going... No, no, this is, this is, this is an amusement park ride we're on now. 
Hold on tight. And, and, and we ended up going, you know, mistaking me, not, not thinking clearly about what day of the week this was. Ended up taking the road right through Charger where oh. I should have gone up to the, the 611. The oh. Yeah, I was on the 311. Should have been on the 611. So I was on the 311 and and we weren't even at National Paints. We were just at the Ajman thing where it started to back up. And I'm going, oh, this was dumb. Oh, where all where VW and Kia. Yeah, and yeah. Was it was just starting. It was, it, it, and then, it, you know, it was only about an eight minute. In the end of the day, it was only an eight minute rest. Yeah. But it was eight more minutes than I wanted That's to That's all rest. the way to you getting off though, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Nice. Yeah. And it's, nice. and it's with the frosty windows. So I'm looking forward to getting them out just because it'll, uh, and, and, and it's, you know, it's fun to drive without the windows. It's coming out. Mind you, you did get to August this year. Yeah. So you've literally only had like a month and a half with them in that's and it. you weren't here for that. That's what I'm thinking. That, that's actually. what I'm thinking. So I, next year we're going for 50. We're not until it hits 50. Do we put the windows in? You got 49.5, didn't you? This yeah. Time? Yeah. So I, I'm working the way up there. So <laughs> the whole point of all of this was I get to look at a lot of cars and the Chang'an Chinese vehicles caught my, one of them caught my attention because I had to take a three time look at it because I thought it was a BMW X4. Exactly the same side profile. Isn't it? It's like, I mean, yeah, shameless. I, that's what I was saying. I'm going, this can't be. This is I like when you, because you put the link on the notes and then you click the link and you get on the website and instantly the online chat just comes up automatically and asks you, you've got this, the options of what you need to do. Yeah. I need to book a test drive. <laughs> I don't. Thanks. No, but it looks nice inside. Well, and this the interior is the, looks pretty cool. This is the thing. I and 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 they're they're working pretty hard to to move these because they're all over Instagram and they're they're showing things. But the the side profile and the back has that that X four X five all the cost copy and the Mercedes doing that too. And and then it always makes me think of the Honda cross tour which everyone hated it you just made the lip i love the look of that thing and it looks like this <laughs> yeah i mean i so say all the cars to copy an x4 yeah, yeah. but that's exactly what it looks like i'm not saying they've copied it at all that's libelous I no but i am i'm not saying they have because that's all been dealt with now in china i think after the land wind and yeah whole jaguar land rover thing but I mean, you've got the top level one here, the CS85 Premium. Well, I'm, I'm looking at Ridiculous this. spec. Yeah. Ridiculous you spec. See the price? For 130,000 dirhams. Yeah, 130,000 all in. And that includes the stand outside the car key fob automatic parking. How is that possible? Yeah. I think it's got, what, a two liter turbo engine in it? And yeah, that's, and, and it's a nice looking, I haven't driven one, but I'd love to go and take a test drive. It looks well appointed. Yeah. Like I'm not like say the the shape of it is not the shape for me, but the interior looks nice. Yeah, real nice. Like it's and they come with some funky colors. You got your reds. You got your your mauve or whatever color that is. I mean, it's it's uh, it's interesting. So I thought the Chinese are really moving ahead with this thing, and it's what an, an a, uh, automatic transmission, eight speed. Yeah, two liter turbo. 360 Newton force, whatever. That's the torque, right? I, just, I was like, I don't know. What you do another about. four hours it's, on torque and horsepower like, and different yeah. between, if you like. I mean, you know, and that's one of those things. Oh, it's got, uh, you know, 360 Newton meters of torque. It's like, whatever that means. It's like, does it, it's like, it's got 360. It's like, <laughs> is that good? It's like, I don't know, but it's a big it's number. Pretty good. <laughs> It's pretty good. For, I mean, for, it's more than you get out of most of the V8s that come out of America well, instead of two liter. So yeah, pretty and, good. And and then I, I love when you're looking. The, so the reason I, I've got to go and see one of these things, maybe we, we have to go do a walk around together, mic ourselves up, put the camera out like we've got for YouTube yeah. and just go walk around and have a chat. But it shows when you're on the website. So it shows the fantastic transmission, <laughs> the fantastic suspension system. Fantastic. <laughs> I mean, what... <laughs> Is the, are they the first to have suspension? It's fantastic suspension. But, and I'm just laughing because of the wording. I just think, it, but so they, they show, first of all, the drive modes and they show that little dash area, which I thought looks kind of cool. It does look good, that, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. And I thought- It looks sort of- I don't know what it looks well, like. Well, the drive, the, the, the lot, and Volvo did do a lot with, with Chinese companies. It looks yeah. very Volvo, especially okay, the drive mode button there. I wonder about, there's these little toggle switches and it looks like you just slide them forward and back. Yeah. And I don't know, I've seen those switches on something, but I can't remember what I've seen them on, but it's not in a car. I've seen them on something that I've used that has switches like that. Some, something. 
And I just mm-hmm. don't know what it is. And the engine, you know, for it's the, the two liter turbo sitting there. I mean, it's a clean engine just sitting and getting photographed. It yeah. looks good. I wonder where it's from. I wonder whose engine it is. I don't know. That that was something I wanted to to do a little research with because whose engine it is. It's, I'm going to figure that one out. It's clearly someone's engine. It could be VW. Yeah, VW or Volvo are the big players over there at the minute, aren't they? Yeah. So I, it's just a matter of who they're affiliated with. But I, it's just, again, nice looking vehicle. And, and I've seen a couple of them now. I've seen the red one. I've seen a blue one. And each time I see it, I do a second take and the badge is even close enough that I'm going, is that a, is that a Beamer? Is that a, mm. and the badge is close. So you, you kind of do that second look. So uh, it's interesting. And like you said, the price point alone, if you can get it fixed and you can get the spares for it and it's got the, you know, yeah. the, this more expensive version at 130 Durham's has even got curtain airbags. That sounds to me like it's yeah. a no brainer. Look, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out the engines and I said they look quite Volvo inside and yeah. it might be the reason for this because Volvo, Mazda, Ford, ah. they're all together. So in 2019, Mazda Motor Corporation purchased Ford Motor Company's stake in Chang'an Ford ah. Mazda Engine Co. Ah, so now it's basically going to be Chang'an Mazda Engine Co. So where Mazda. Mazda's still... Ford Volt. Yeah. They're all kind of. So there we go. That's why. So that's a decent engine. Yeah. Yeah. Can't complain at that, I guess. So if I got a, a Ford Mazda Volvo combination engine in it. Yeah. The wheels are shocking and I don't <laughs> like the look of it, but I'm, I guarantee you'll be comfortable and it'll probably drive really well. We've got to go do a test drive. I know we keep saying this, but we really do have to go and get in one. The of AC will be freezing in it. Oh, that, you know what? I, and this is going back to, to Brown car guy. I remember he did have a Chang'an early on. So we, we haven't done any shows together in years. And I remember he had one Yeah, and he did say of all the cars he's ever driven, he was driving in a meat locker. Yeah. He says, he's never driven in a colder don't car. Know how to do it. Every Chinese car <laughs> I've driven have been freezing. I don't know why they do that. Maybe it's just maybe they're allowed to use different <laughs> maybe. illegal refrigerants in China. They don't care. They've got the Who system knows? down for how to yeah, refrigerate. But no, stuff. absolutely. Yeah great value if it's a good drive 130,000 for the top spec you know the thing will be five years from now and it's always okay i want to see one of these cars now and i want to see how does it age what's the paint look like what's yeah are they still around the trims do they hold trims hold on and stuff like that because that's that's been our comment with the teslas i mean nice vehicles but they just don't seem to hold up no what's the equivalent x4 going to cost you though which is clearly what it is what's the equivalent x4 going to cost you Twice that. Yeah. Easily. Easily. So you could buy two of these. Yeah. <laughs> buy one when it, when it dies, get another one. Yeah. Then, and you know, it's going to be better, but if, if they're affiliated with Ford and Volvo, you know that there's a base level of expectation of quality in it. Yeah. So I'm thinking, you know, this could be interesting. And I think one of the things when I, when I see these, actually the front end, when you look at it, it's got a little bit of a Tiguan look to it. And I know Volkswagen's not involved, but just look at the grill and think of the, you know, the, the Touareg or the Tiguan. Yeah, I or, see where you're going with that, I suppose. Just, just the grill. Yeah, just the, you know, the bars on it, yeah. Yeah. It's got badge, if you squint, that could be a VW badge. Come on, you're being <laughs> silly. <laughs> oh man, so that's, there we go. We, we might actually drive one. Anything else going on in the shop? cleaning. Well, well, you've got the new shop. I think, I think our next show, we we've got to just have a comprehensive chat so that people understand when you set up a, another outlet, a new garage, it's not just a matter of, you know, rolling in a couple lifts, getting a few guys in, in their, their clothes and okay, we're ready to open. It, I think it'd be interesting for, for people to hear what it takes to physically open up a garage. I don't recommend it. <laughs> it was difficult this time. The first yeah. time was easy. Yeah. First time. No, no, it wasn't easy. That's the wrong thing. In relative speak, mm. it was easy because it was kind of locked down. Yeah. Didn't have a job. So I was focused on it. And now you've got to, I could do a lot of it myself or mucking yeah. when the contractors were involved. Now you sort of 99% of it you're relying on the contractors yeah and the first answer to any question is yes sir uh-huh. it's very difficult um, we're getting there we have a car booked in tomorrow morning okay to do some that's the first pads. the only reason we're doing that is because it's a Golf GTI and we've got the parts in from Borg and Beck so it's my favourite car 
we've got the parts in, we're trying to push the Borg and Beck brand. So okay. we'll do it. Um, Amy can... Is Amy going to do it? Do the brake pads and I'll yeah. take the photographs. Yeah, yeah. That would, I see. That would be yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that'll be good. But no, it's it's really important that that we get things going there. Yeah. And when I found out we had the parts in for a friend's car, which is yeah. my favourite car, the car that we ultimately want to see 20 or 30 of a day, then it made sense for that to be the first job out of it. Um, one of the, one of our senior techs went over there on Sunday and put the tools together from the tool into the trolleys. And me, Amy, DJ went there yesterday and we put the, um, transmission jack and the engine crane and all the, all the little things, put all those together. The diagnostic tool arrived last night. So we are ready. The lifts work. There's AC okay. in the office. The reception's ready, kind of. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be more focused at fleet and showrooms, but because of the location and because of the traffic on certain roads getting into Dubai, it's, it's probably going to turn into a retail point as well. That'd be awesome. You know, if you're working in DIP, you can just drop it off there and then... Yeah, know. I mean, if you think Umsakim and Hester Street are like car parks in the morning for anyone that lives Dubai <laughs> any, any time of the day, I don't go yeah, anywhere those yeah, roads. Yeah. I mean, so people to go on like the 54, the new road's great. Yeah. Takes you straight in. I don't even know what that road is. I know I know where it is. And then I know, but yeah. you know, it's like... It's like just like you know the road between the three eleven and six eleven. <laughs> yeah, it's like the only problem with where it. Where did that road come from? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good. The only problem with it at the minute is it's still got a lot of junctions with yeah. roundabouts and traffic lights because obviously the yeah. flyovers to go over like the main roads are not yeah. not put in yet. But they've finished the one on the Alain Road. Yeah, so that's now go. good. <laughs> uh, we just need to do the Umskeem and the Hester Street, and then that'll take you straight to. World Central, yeah, an expo, which is important for there we go the next six months, right? Yeah, absolutely. The interesting thing I learned about Expo yesterday from my students. I had them doing a, a little speech about you know you, you watch the start of Expo, thoughts on Expo, and one student said, "Oh, it's really interesting. There's dedicated parking lot if you own a Nissan." <laughs> I said, Excellent. "What?" I said, "What?" She goes, "Yeah, if you drive a Nissan, there's a dedicated parking lot where you can go and park." You know what? And I'm going. That's not bad. <laughs> stunt from the marketing guys is it <laughs> no i just thought that's a, and it's it's fairly close to getting in so what do you drive drive a nissan go this way problem is so many patrols here <laughs> it's fighting over spaces yeah yeah where's the overflow <laughs> yeah exactly oh man glenn as always this has been a lot of fun thank god and I, I look forward to doing it again really soon the powerworks podcast which you've been listening to with glenn power from powerworks automotive my name is james pikeaway Thanks for listening.